You're listening to the Back Home Network, presented by Homefield Apparel. And welcome, Hoosier fans, to this week's edition of Assembly Call Radio, where each week we discuss the most important topics in the world of Indiana basketball. This is our 308th edition of Assembly Call Radio, and it is our 965th episode overall of the Assembly Call, recorded on the evening of September 14th, 2023. I'm your host, the coach, Brian Tonsoni. And let's begin this edition of the Assembly Call, how we begin every edition of the Assembly Call, and that is with our Hoosier Proud banner moment. This week's banner moment, somewhat easy. It occurred last weekend when Indiana hosted official visits for top 15 prospects, Liam McNeely, Derek Queen, plus top 60 guard Curtis Givens, all from Mount Verde. Coach Woodson has talked about getting a, quote, seat at the table with the top recruits in the country. Well, the table was set this weekend and the guests showed up. All the news about these visits have been nothing but incredible and awesome. Indiana really did what they had to and beyond to show these young men what, why they should be Indiana Hoosiers. So a huge weekend it was. There are great vibes coming out of the visit, but there are no commitments yet. And the deal is not done until they decide to come to Indiana. And so there lies the last piece of the puzzle for Coach Woodson and his staff. The table was set. The work was done. The guests showed up. Now the deals need to be closed. Indiana will know soon if their efforts paid off. Let's hope we see these guys in the cream and crimson soon playing for our Indiana Hoosiers. Okay, now let me introduce my co-host this week. Andy is off this week, currently pacing around the living room and yelling at the officials while watching his Eagles go down 7-3 to the Minnesota Vikings early on Thursday night football. Jared will be here shortly. He had an ice cream social and book fair at his daughter's school. Now he's putting his son to bed. He'll be here for the second section, and we'll have a special guest joining us as well in segment two. But first, here with me now is a senior writer for the big lead. He claims his ears are still ringing from Marco Killingsworth's dunk, and he is threatening to hold out come November if we don't add a clause to his assembly call contract that pays him by the interruption. Analyzing players, finding every wrinkle. He hasn't ever hosted, never lifted a finger. He's got all the well, let me quickly add just one thing about this. Dude just interrupted his own jingle. Ryan, my friend, what uh, what's your rant or what's on your mind this week? Well, I, I, I have to say my intros are getting a little bit more elaborate. I don't know how Jared writes these. or Does he just like <laughs> shut the show off Thursday night, start writing now for next yeah. week and just and, and you know, it right before he goes on air? I should preview them because I just read them and all of a sudden I was like, oh, am I saying that? Or is this yeah. a listening audience think that, that really, coach? No, those are all I think Jared. I think everybody knows that's Jared's voice. You're just regurgitating it. Yeah. Um, if they know anything about us, they they know that. <laughs> no, I mean, basically where we're at right now with Indiana basketball is now we wait. And and Indiana has, I, I was on podcast on the brink with Alex Bozich this week talking about it. And Indiana's put itself in a very risky position, which is kind of going all in on all these big recruits 
And when you do that, the chances that you get any of them go down considerably because the bigger the recruit, the more schools are, are recruiting them and the harder it becomes. And while there are a lot of positive things coming out about that recruit, the, the recruiting weekend, um, it's going to be tough to land any of those guys. It, difficult, regardless of where they stand now, it's going to be difficult. And you put yourself in to a position where if you miss on some of these big targets, you're going to be the one left, you know, without a chair when the music stops because they have gone all in on these guys and they've got to land. I mean, if they don't land any of them, it's, it's a problem. really a problem. And, and, and it kind of starts to say something about the program's ability to recruit in these long recruitments and ability not only to recruit, but to build the relationships that can withstand a long recruitment. Um, so I would say this is really huge for the program, not only because you need to get good players, but also as a message that, Hey, we're getting better at this um, because they've done great in short recruitments. They've done great in the transfer portal, but high school recruiting is the backbone of your program. And you have to be able to land the big names if you're going to go after them. And you have to be able to just land guys to fill out your roster too, that have enough upside to be good. So last year they kind of punted on the class a little bit late. Uh, they brought in two guys, but they could have brought in a much bigger class and they did not. They decided not to and to go all in on this year. And we are now in mid September. They don't have a single commit, which is a risky way to do business. So Really, you know, kind of pins and needles until we figure out what the deal is with these recruits. But uh, I think that's kind of where we're at right now with the program is is that's the biggest story right now is wait and see. And, and we, we've talked off air and in our text exchange, and I even said it last last week. And uh, I, to clarify, every coach wants the best talent and, and coaches are better when they have better talent. But some coaches can manufacture wins and, and NCAA tournament wins without the top talent. And some coaches just do better with top end talent. And Coach Woodson is best when he gets these top uh, and top 15 kids in. He can really uh, do things with those kids. We saw it last year uh, with the two young men who are now in the NBA uh, in, in, Trace, um, in Trace and uh, Hood Shafino. So it's important for what Coach Woodson wants to do from a basketball philosophy to get the very top kids in. He's been at that table, like I said, and now uh, we hope that uh, he can uh, close that. All, so here's what we're going to talk about this week. We have some Hoosier headlines, and then in segment two, we have a special guest from our presenting sponsor, uh, Connor uh, from Homefield, will be here. Looking forward to um, talking with him when I told uh, – Amy, my wife, that Connor was going to be on, she just said, oh, no, like I'm going to order uh, during the show or something. But um, we'll have Connor and be able to talk about uh, home field apparel in segment two. And we have some good questions for Connor and other questions, always, as usual, in segment three. All of that is coming up this week on Assembly Call Radio. But now let's talk about our presenting sponsor. This edition of Assembly Call Radio, just like all shows on the Back Home Network, is presented by our friends at Homefield Apparel, where they have the largest collection of vintage IU apparel that you'll find anywhere. And it's not just IU. Homefield has something for fans and grads of pretty much every school with unique vintage logos for all of them. And no matter what you buy, you know it'll be comfortable and the colors will last through many washings. Plus, you're supporting an Indiana-based company that came up through Kelly. What could be better than that? 
As I said, Mrs. Tonsoni always looks on the front porch to see when the next home field uh, order is going to arrive uh, as my closet is now color-coded with home field t-shirts. Uh, but if you'd like to do that or just buy Indiana gear, go to homefieldapparel.com. Use our promo code HOME23 for 15% off your entire first order. That's promo code HOME23 for 15% off. Once again, the website is homefieldapparel.com. Wear one for the team. All right, here's some Hoosier headlines that uh, Ryan and I will talk about here in segment one. As we said before, we're waiting on uh, news of where uh, the recruits from this past weekend uh, will play their college basketball. We saw Bill Self immediately go to Mount Verde on Monday after uh, the young men returned to school. Um, Coach Woodson uh, visiting Bo- Boogie Fland and spoke at a school at a basketball clinic, um, and we're awaiting uh, some visits from uh, Anor Botang, I hope I'm pronouncing that correct, uh, towards the end of September. So the recruiting does not stop for Coach Woodson and his staff. Uh, and also on Inside the Hall and UM Hoops put together their annual top 25 players in the Big Ten preseason. Uh, IU had four mentioned. Uh, Kalel Ware was honorable mentioned. Uh, Malik was uh, number 25. Uh, Mackenzie Mbako was number 22. And X was number 16. That is four. Indiana ties some other schools with uh, four players in that list, although Indiana has uh, the higher, uh, four of the higher ones, uh, with X being the best at 16. A couple notes that uh, we can talk about. Uh, Purdue only landed two players in this preseason, uh, 25. Uh, The top five has not been out yet. And some quick team totals. You have Michigan State, Indiana, Maryland, Ohio State with four. Purdue, Wisconsin, and Iowa with three, uh, Illinois, Michigan with two, and a smattering of others with one player on the list. Preseason predictions for both the order of uh, teams and the orders of players and All-American lists and such that we will be hearing between now and the start of basketball season, Ryan, are always difficult uh, to do based a lot on what happened last year. A lot of times it's based on on stats or or a variety of things, and they're always a point of contention if your guys don't get ranked uh, where you think they should be. But it's hard when you have 14 schools, 16 soon, 18, whatever we end up with the Big Ten of picking 25. So your thoughts uh, on some of these uh, Hoosier headlines? Yeah, it's funny. I talked about this with Alex on Inside the Hall. We talked about it last week. We talked about it a couple times this offseason. And my friends will ask me, like, hey, how's Indiana going to be this year? And my answer is, I don't know. I have no idea. They have so many new pieces. You know, it's not – It's Purdue is returning the bulk of its – you know, a huge percentage of its production. So you can kind of game plan out where they're going to be. Michigan State, ton of a big influx of talent. Plus, they brought a lot of guys back. You can kind of game out how they'll be. But there are teams that lost half their scoring and and they have new guys filling in and you're anticipating those guys will develop and get better and fill those roles. But you don't know that they will. We don't know how Indiana is going to play. How do they replace Trace Jackson Davis? Doesn't look easy. Malik Renew's great. It, can he handle playing 30 minutes, 25, 30 minutes a game? We don't know. Uh, and so it is really all of these prediction things are interesting and they're a great conversation topic. And the reason they do it is for the conversation. Um, but it really doesn't mean anything. 
uh, you know, because it's all just a guess, a projection of what things are going to look like. So we can have fun with them, but it's not really worth getting upset about them. I, I know a lot of Hoosier fans and they see Indiana preseason number eight in the Big Ten. Like, what are you talking about? It's like, hey, guys, they might be right. Like, you know, I mean, there's no there's no way to know. Um, you know, I don't think Indiana will, will be that low, but what do I know? I haven't seen this team play anybody, you know, and so I think that maybe by January we'll have a, a, a sense of how this is all going to play out because I think relying too much on November basketball and maybe early December basketball to make a, a prediction for the season uh, is, is foolish. So it'll be a while before we know what this team is, this team, how it plays together. There's so many different pieces uh, that are new that are coming from the outside. Uh, Mike Woodson says he wants to change the system. We don't know what that's going to look like. It's so there's so much up in the air that yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know. And and I, did you have any problems with where the Indiana guys were ranked? Uh, I, not problems. I, I would I would use a different. There were some questions. I I thought um, uh, Ambaco was a little high from from the accolades that we've we've heard, and you know was a Duke commit and, and a top player to to come in twenty two. I think he's going to be one of the better players in the Big Ten. I don't know how much higher I would have placed him because again I didn't go through all of these. Um, I, I know it, it happens to be fit, and we don't know his fit yet. And this is why a guy like the Nebraska guard, the sharpshooter, the Tamanaga guy, was listed at 12. He's really good for Nebraska, and he's a tough guard in the Big Ten, and he scores yeah. a lot of points. But, again, what's the criteria? Is it contributions uh, to your team? Is it uh, you know the athletic ability? Those types I would of things. Assume it's, I would assume it's how they're going to be – as a college basketball player, right. you know, like, like how much production are they going to create for their team? How valuable are they going to be for their team? And so sometimes you know, boo boo, is going to be in the top five. That guy's not going to play in the NBA. Right. But, you know, so it's not about talent. It's about how good they are as a college player. I think yeah, that and, would be my career. I think that's the way I would try to go about it as well. And then you see that a, a Tamanaga is going to be maybe a top 15 player because he has to be accounted for uh, on Nebraska's team. Yeah. Um, a little surprised uh, the, the, as far as the question you asked about the Indiana guys, you know, Jared, Jared's on the crusade for promoting X, right, on, yeah. on the assembly call Twitter, uh, being a top 10 National Guard. We got into that discussion a little bit where I don't, I don't see it. I think he could be, um, but coming off an injury and not playing and, and some of the ups and downs that he has, I don't find that to be a top 10 yeah. guard nationally. I, I just disagree with him. And so I think he was somewhat fair. He could have moved up a little bit, but we don't know. Yeah, All no, these guys for it, Indiana, we really don't have collegiate no, no. proof. Khalil Ware, Khalil Ware could be a top – based on talent, he could be a top-10 player in the Big Ten this year. We just Absolutely. don't know what he's what he's going to look like. Um, with, with X, I disagree with Jared. I think this was a fair ranking. Yeah. Uh, and the reason why I, I think it's a fair ranking – now, I think he could in the end at the end of the season – be, we could be looking back on it going, oh, that was that was silly. He should have been top six, you know, or whatever. Um, but I think this is a fair place to put him after because uh, I think you can't focus too much on the end of his first season with Indiana. That's that's where we saw Exodus best. But before that, we saw him really struggle and go one game on, one game off for most of the season. Now yeah. he's I think he's still a good guard, even at his worst. I think he's a solid Big Ten guard at his best. He's an all Big Ten type performer, second team maybe. Um, but how often are you going to get his best? We don't know that. Now he could be, he could come out and just have embraced the role of a leader and be a completely different guy this year, consistent, all of that. And that that ranking will look silly. 
But I think given what we've seen, that's that's a fair place to put him. That's borderline third team all Big Ten yeah. uh, for a guy who plays really good defense but has no, been known to disappear offensively, really struggled at times the beginning of last year. To And, and I know that was they were taking the ball out of his hands a little bit with Jalen Huchifino, and that was awkward for him. He wasn't running the show like he had been at the end of the year before when he had so much success. So I, I do think that, you know, there are some reasons for why he struggled to start last year, but it's not like he was playing at an all big 10 level last year and right. got hurt. And we missed out on that. I mean, he was, he was up and down. He was struggling. We saw some of the things we saw from the year before, um, but we know what he can be at his best. And I think that's what Jared is kind of referring to is expecting him to be at his best all season long. And I, I'm not sure we can bank on that. I, I don't yeah. think so actually. And it gets interesting when you make a list like this to, you know, stats are stats, right? But uh, someone's stats on Northwestern, their contributions for Northwestern, their numbers might be uh, not as good as someone on Purdue or IU, but they have a big contribution to Northwestern winning and getting to the tournament. Right. That, that's kind of a hard – you have to use uh, context with, with stats sometimes. Yes, you can compare. 11 points per game is better than 10 points per game, but there's you know how the person runs in the offense uh, and, and all of those things. And I think the question of we just don't know – what the fit is for these Indiana guys and, and how they're going to play and how they're going to contribute to winning. We believe that as Indiana fans, but when you put together, you know, uh, the inside the hall and the UM hoops, uh, I, I think those were, were fair rankings. But Mbako was the one that kind of caught me uh, as being a, a little bit um, – too high uh, in my initial initial reading. And we want to welcome too, Jared, I guess, to, oh, Jared Morris to the show. You mean yeah, too, too low. low. I mean, too low, yeah. yeah. Correct. I misspoke there. Yeah. I, I thought he was, yeah. you know, 16. He'd be in there with X. So, uh, Jared, I welcome think, I to think tonight's you, show. Uh, let me just get one Hey, more I, there was a bat signal that someone was underselling Xavier Johnson, so I immediately yeah. had to swoop in. <laughs> we, both, we both agreed that we think your crusade for Xavier is a little ambitious. Um, That's okay. You know what? We've talked I, and about I, and it I heard no, and I heard what you guys said. You know, you're like, hey, he could do this, and we'll yes. look foolish. I, as I have said, I have questions about what a team led by X looks like, and those are very fair questions. He's got to mature and smooth things out. I understand the the questions about him. What I will say in this particular context is, you know, what what got me going this week is there was a line. And first off. I want to commend Alex and Dylan. I think they do a really tough good job work. with this yes. overall. It's, it's a, a hard tough, thing to a, do. It's a hard job. Yeah. Yes, and naturally, people's reactions, no one's going to say like, hey, you had Terrence Shannon ranked in the right place. Everybody's going to you know, pick it apart. My contention with it is, and the reason why I think people undersell Xavier Johnson, is there was a line in there saying you know, Tyson Walker, A.J. Hogard, Jameer Young, and Boo Booey are considered the league's top guards. To me, if you want to put Tyson Walker up there at the top, that's fine. He's done the most, has the best numbers, all of that. I do not think you can really make a case that Boo Booey and Jameer Young are on a tier ahead of Xavier Johnson. I don't think the numbers back it up. I would watching them. I would say Booey, but I I would say it would be fair to do that for Booey because of his production levels, but not Jameer Young. But his production levels aren't that much greater than X's. That's what I'm saying. So. I mean, you can look, you can look now, look, if you want to make a qualitative statement that I think he runs his team and is a steadier hand and I would rather have him than X, 
that's fine. But what I'm saying is there's an argument between the yeah. two. I think And also think his numbers might be inflated because he's been on bad teams. I mean, you yes. know, you don't know. But here's here's what our what our thing was about about X. And my thing was it wasn't that X can't be this as good as you're saying he's gonna be. It's that for a preseason ranking, I think this is fair because of what we've seen from him the last two years. And there's so much up and down and variance in his game. You could get one guy, you could get another during his tenure yeah no no now, that that's true and that and, and that's what i was saying i was defending the list more than xavier johnson's not better than these other guys it's yeah I think this is where you put him on a preseason list i think it's completely fair it's where i expected him to be yeah like i said i think Bowie, jameer young ace baldwin who a lot yeah. of us aren't that familiar with but at penn state and x i think they're all in a similar tier and we'll kind of see who ends up better yeah one of the issues i do have with the list i do not think it is defensible at all to have casey tominaga higher than xavier johnson he is a one-trick pony who does his trick very well, but he does not impact the game on two levels. And that's where, like, when you see stuff like that, that's where I think X being below him and the other guys being above him, that, to me, doesn't compute. It, I, I think mean, that's he's fair. He's On a pure talent and, a, and, like, physical level, you understand why he's ranked where he is, in my opinion. But I agree that based on what we've seen, if this list is based on what you've seen and projecting forward, I would agree with you on that one. I think that's fair. I also think sometimes as somebody who has done lists like this, sometimes you sometimes need to get guys from every team sort of in the mix. And I don't know. Sure. I think, yeah. yeah. Put Casey so, in the twenties where he deserves yeah. to go. Well, not the 12. Jared, you're absolutely like, right. You're absolutely right about the twenties. And, and we talked yeah. about this too. Is it stat driven? Is it impact for your team? He has a huge impact for, for Nebraska. And that's why he's on the list. But the question, yes. you brought up a great point. He's not a two-way impact player. He's an offensive player. He's not an offense and defensive player. Uh, and, and so that's where your argument uh, that X should be yeah. uh, higher than him, also, I, would, I would probably agree with that uh, as well. But I would not on, move X up. I would move the Tominaga guy down to the 20s is what I would probably yeah. do. Yeah. Tominaga's probably going to be, what, top three shooter in the conference this year? I mean, I mean, we it was 50, so. 40, 80 last year. So, yeah, I mean, the I guy's mean, got the numbers. Maybe number one. Yeah, he could be. Yeah. Um, and so, like, when I say, like, he has this talent level, he's you're right. He does one thing exceptionally well, and that impacts the game. What's uh, the most important thing on the court? So credit exactly, there. Exactly. But what I was going to what I was going to say is if we see Xavier Johnson shoot the way he did at the end of his first year at Indiana and not the way he did to start his second season, I, I don't I, I mean, I don't remember what his numbers were last year, but it just felt like he wasn't hitting the big shots that he had been the year before more because they were deferring to other guys as well in the new off in, in the way the offense was running. Yeah, but, he basically played really well against Xavier and North Carolina and then struggled with yes. his efficiency in the other games. Yes. And so, you know, but if he is again, if Xavier Johnson, the guy, he was the second half of his first year at Indiana, then this list looks silly, but you know, you can't do, you, you can't, it's all a projection back? and we don't know. And, and and at the end of the year, analyze their top twenty-five list at the back. Oh, they do, or is it they, they do. do? They they had one year they did not have Kade Bates Diop ranked, and he won Big Ten Player of the Year. Well, nobody. Yeah, there you go. That's right. I know. I know. I mean, that's what I mean. So <laughs> yeah. it's hard to do. It's, you know, and they yeah. had Christian yeah. Lander on the list in Honestly, the like twenty-second no, or twenty-third. It's it's a gutsy thing to do stuff like this, especially yes. for a top twenty-five. Instead of being like, here are the top five players, but this is a lot of players ranked. You put a lot of honorable mentions in there. You're really putting yourself out there and putting yourself on the line mm -hmm. as an expert. Um, so I credit them for doing. It. They put a lot of work into it, and it winds up. I mean, it's a great piece, 
You know what I mean? Like yes. it, it winds up being a really good read and very informative. Um, but yeah, you're putting yourself out there, taking some risk and, and hat tip to them for doing it. I, but it happens every year bold enough to start conversations exactly. and exactly. they did. And I think I respect them enough that when I look at their lists, my first assumption is, okay, they're probably right. Now let me see if I can defend something that I may think is wrong. But I, you know, I, I tend to respect their opinion because I think they research this and follow this as much as anybody. Yeah. I, I think I think there's also uh, like if if I were asked to be part of this, you sometimes overplay your own people that you follow or that you know the best. You know, like would I downplay Indiana a little bit to be to be overly fair, right? Um, I think there you just there's some back and forth too. Like where, where did, maybe someone wanted Tamanga at 16 and someone wanted them, you know, but the other thing is there's always surprises, whether it's the, the big yep. 10 order or whether there's players like we mentioned, um, the, the Diop kid out of nowhere just plays incredible basketball. There's going to be someone who's not on this list that really deserves to be in the top 10 or 15 that we don't know about. That's going to just shine for their school in the big 10. There's going to be someone who, who needs to fall out too, that, uh, come with a lot of preseason accolades. And with the Big Ten standings, too, you had Nebra- uh, Northwestern pop up to a top four protected seed last year. Um, th- you know, So it is a conversation starter, and it is great to be able to, to agree and disagree, but it, I think it is very important what you guys said is that we appreciate that they, they went and, and took this risk every year to do that. And it's, it's not easy to get together and, and put a list, and, and it's college basketball in September, so – it's got to be good. The the two other things I'll say about it, and you may have mentioned this, you know, Indiana is one of four teams that has four guys on the list if you include the also considered category. So it goes out to like, what, 33, 34 players. So one of four schools with four. Ironically, they are Indiana's the last team to appear on the list, which I do find interesting because I think, you know, look, a lot of these lists come down to criteria. Like, is it based on production? What is it based on? I guarantee you, if you put all the Big Ten coaches together and had them draft players, Indiana would not be the last team to have a player picked. Correct. There's no, there's no chance that would happen. And so I think when you look at a list like this for Indiana, I do think what it, what it does accurately depict is Indiana has a lot of question marks at the top of its you know production lines, right? X has his own question marks. Malik, McKenzie, and Kalel are filled with talent but have done very little at the college level. That part is fair, but the fact that they're all on the list with so little production is also a sign of their talent and potential. And if anybody has players, multiple players, who can move up from where they're ranked on a list like this, Indiana is one of them because of the talent. And so that's where, as we all said, there's questions. I think this team is going to struggle in November, December, and early January. But the question is, can it all coalesce and can this talent rise to the top? Because if so, you know, you could have – three or four Indiana guys in the top 20. That's not out of the question with the talent that's on the roster. It has to actually happen, and it probably won't. You'll probably see maybe one or two of those guys jump and one or two languish, but you know, it's uh, you have to just kind of get the full context of it there. Yeah, so. absolutely. But I do think you're right, and the Indiana guys will move up by the end of the year. I, I just have that feeling. Hope um, so, or it's going to be a rough one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, Jared, any thoughts uh, on the recruiting uh, weekend? It was obviously the the banner moment, and, and uh, Ryan shared his thoughts on how important it is to to get some of these guys to come in. You, you, any thoughts that you have about uh, the big recruiting weekend? 
I would just caution everyone, as fun as it is to watch the day-by-day machinations, you know, and you see like today, you know, Trilly Donovan sends out this tweet with his sources telling him who's the leader, and he's got Anor Botang, Memphis is the leader, Derek Queen, Maryland's the leader, Liam McNeely, Indiana's the leader. And so, you know, people look at that, and it's like, oh my God, you know, this is bad. Eh, I mean, it's pretty well established that Indiana's a leader for Liam McNeely. That's really good. Just because we've been talking about it and assuming it, don't underplay how good of a player he is and how big of a commitment that would be. And with the other guys, we just have to wait and see. I haven't heard anything from the people I talk to and trust about this stuff that suggests Indiana isn't still in a good position and that this thing isn't still going to turn into a good class. You know, we got to see it happen, but I think you just got to be patient. You know, there's ebbs and flows and people say stuff with half information. So just wait and be patient as hard as that is. And Hopefully we have a lot of exciting emergency episodes to come in the next two months. Yeah. So I, I, I how many, Jared, I know, um, I, I like how many guys do you think they need to get in this class? I mean, to feel good about it. I mean, McNeely's great. Don't get me wrong. Getting McNeely, you feel great, but he can't be the only guy you get. I think you need to get two of McNeely, Queen, Fland, and Botang to feel good. You need to get three to feel really good. And then if you get four, you know, it's a home run. But I think if you get two, that at least, that's going to be a really good infusion of talent. Now you're going to have to go do some work in the portal and maybe get a late spring guy, you know. So, but I, th- I think I think at a minimum, you have to get two for kind of I the would, investment would, of time and would, resources to pay off. I would say two. Are we going to get an official from um, visit from uh, Boogie Fland? Any feelings on that? That's, I know Coach is out there talking to him right now. A couple people are confident that he will, but that he will come for a visit. Um, I, I honestly think, though, with a guy like that, if you're fighting for a visit late, you're probably pretty far back. Um, I know he likes Indiana, but some of these guys like Indiana. Are they fighting for a visit or just, or just kind of waiting to get the timing right? I, I think that's part of it. I, I But what I understand, from what I understand, is I think that he's they're on the list for a visit. But it's not the highest priority for him. He would like to come to India to visit Indiana, and he likes Indiana, and maybe he's here and decides, oh, God, this is the place for me. That certainly could happen. But one of the problems right now that Indiana's facing with recruits is people come and visit and like it and like Mike Woodson and like the coaching staff but a place like Kansas or Duke or whatever offers you, and they have a track record of putting people in the NBA and having success in college and all of that, that Indiana hasn't had as for a long, you know, established over years and years and years and years. And they did a great job last year getting Jalen Huchifino into the NBA and, and, you know, Trace Jackson Davis, but for the top tier schools, that's an average year. You know, that's just, if they, if they they only get two in the draft, you know, that's, that's actually kind of, eh, that's okay. We've done better, you know, where that was a big deal for Indiana. So I think that's one thing they're facing is just the established track records of some of these other schools putting guys to the next level, especially when you're going against the top tier recruits who are all thinking that way, as opposed to, you know, you grab a guy in the hundreds. He's like, well, I want a good education. I also want this. I also want this. I might be there for three years. It's where I'm comfortable. Um, so I think that's something they're running into a lot of. Makes sense. Woodson's assistants told him this is going to be an uphill climb to do it. And he yep. said, let's take the climb. And I appreciate yep. the boldness. I appreciate the effort. Let's see if they can land him. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. Okay. 
Coming up on Assembly Call Radio, we have a special guest, the man, the myth, the legend, the founder of Homefield Apparel, our presenting sponsor, Connor Hitchcock, is here. We'll talk IU sports and building an apparel behemoth with him next. Stick with us here on the Assembly Call. Come on, man. You got to know we're going to use all the flowery adjectives and stuff. You're the presenting sponsor when you come on the show. You know how it goes. It says right here, right right there, presented by. What an intro. Wow. Thank you, Coach. Very kind. I I didn't write it. I have to be honest. It's all Jared's. uh, That was Jared's voice. 100% Jared's Jared's voice. He asked me to host. So, uh, Mm. yeah. I I, I tweeted this out, Connor, but it was hilarious. Uh, My wife was at, we were having dinner, and she goes, Who's on the show tonight? And I said, Connor from Homefield, and she just went. Guy who's oh, rent no. we pay. Yeah, she goes, oh no, and she just got up and left the table. Like I'm gonna direct order during the show or something, you know? It's more My, liable. She's canceling credit cards, there. Coach. That's what she's doing right now. Yeah, while I'm on the That's show, right. she's you know, taking my name out of there. Welcome. Yeah, yeah thank Connor, you, you guys. Man? Doing well. Appreciate it. I was just uh, down in Bloomington today and saw Galen uh, walking around. So I feel like I'm just talking to every IU podcaster yeah, on nice. Sunday today. We can bring some That's others awesome. on just to. Yeah, uh, I had a call yeah. with Val today, too. So by proxy, she's kind of somewhat an IU content producer uh, yeah, via her husband. So, uh, you <laughs> yes. know, it's just a real IU day. That's awesome. That very is good, awesome. All right. Well, let's hop into this. I'm going to hop out. To, yeah, okay, you're work, bouncing, right? Okay. Good to see you, Jared. Connor. You want to take the lead? You want to take the lead? Uh, yeah, I can okay. do it. Let me uh, right. let me pull. Later, guys. Everybody here. for I'll, watching. Thanks. I can hit the music and all that stuff if you want. If you just want to. Um. Yeah. You go ahead and hit the music, and uh, let's do it. <clears throat> all right. Here we go. This is Verdell Jones. What's better than an epic buzzer beater? the full court dribble, and perfectly placed pass to set it all up. And, of course, celebrating with Hoosier Nation afterwards. So join Jared, Andy, Ryan, and Coach on the assembly call after every IU basketball game. Go Hoosiers. Thank you, Verdell. Welcome back to the assembly call. I am Jared Morris. I'm here with the coach, Brian Tonsoni, and we have a very special guest here with us for segments two and three. It is... We had more music. Hey, all we, anytime we get more Bob Thompson music, that's a that that's a plus. Uh, but we're here with our special guest, Connor Hitchcock from Homefield Apparel. You know, we are getting close to our thousandth episode. I you know kind oh, wow. of try to schedule it out. I think it's going to happen sometime in January. But no matter how many episodes we do or how many subscribers we get, our biggest claim to fame will always be that we were the first show that Homefield ever sponsored back even before they were Homefield, back when they were Who's Your uh-huh. Proud. So for yep. those of you who may be new to the show that wonder, why do they say Who's Your Proud banner moment? What does that mean? That is a relic of the very first sponsorship that we did with Connor and Who's Your Proud. They sponsored the banner moment. We called it the Who's Your Proud banner moment. It's been in the run sheet like that forever, and we just decided to not change it because it's kind of cool it is it's about being proud of your hoosiers so it's retro always appreciate that yeah it is retro it, it is, is retro so connor thanks for being here man it's good to uh, see you and have a chance to talk to you how you doing yeah i appreciate it, jared appreciate it coach <laughs> thanks for having me on yeah i was about to say i remember when it was just the banner moment and then it became <laughs> yeah. the hoosier proud banner moment uh That's as right. i was 
printing t-shirts in my Bloomington apartment uh, and definitely did not have the money for a sponsorship, but found a way to, to get some money. You um, made it work, man. Yeah, we sure did. We sure did. So yeah, it's the longest. I mean, it's gotta be over five, six years now. Yeah. I think it's, been. I think it's it was, six years. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. So yeah, because the home field just celebrated its fifth birthday back in August, but um, obviously who's your proud we did on the site. I mean, listeners here now a um, couple years before home field. So yeah. yeah. Amazing. Always the first. So give us, so for folks, I mean, obviously most people who are here listening, know home field, they've probably purchased from home field. Some people, you know, a small portion probably have arguments with their spouses about how much closet space home field mm-hmm. takes up. Um, but for those who might not know kind of the story and how you got here, can you give us like the cliff notes version of, you know, your background and how you kind of got to the place where you are now with home field? Yeah, absolutely. So when I was a student at IU, I graduated in 2016. Um, Mm -hmm. I was studying marketing, just decided one day, don't really remember why, but I'd I'd mocked up some stickers of the state of Indiana and especially like state themed apparel was kind of early on and being really popular in the early 2010s. And I literally walked door to door in Bloomington, I'd had these stickers made and some stores in Bloomington picked up the stickers, had made a website for this little side project brand. I thought it was fun called hoosierproud.com and just made an Instagram page and had a Twitter, but it is not what uh, the home field Twitter <laughs> is, uh, certainly. <laughs> it was and not a sentient brand at that point. No, <laughs> yeah, we, we, we were not firing off uh, jokes left and right every day, but you know, a couple of stores in Indy had seen the Instagram account. They bought some stickers too. And I'm from the Indy area. So I'd go home, drop those off. And then they started asking me, Hey, we really love the stickers. They're selling well. Do you have any t-shirts? And I lied and said, yeah, of course we have t-shirts. Uh, <laughs> and so that's when I texted uh, my then girlfriend, now wife, Krista, who went to school at Miami of Ohio. I was like, Hey, you're a designer. Can you just help me? like mock up a few shirts she said yeah yeah no problem so she designed a few shirts and sold those to stores across the state and so at one point when i was a student 30 or so stores were, were carrying who's your proud and i was literally i taught myself how to screen print and i was doing it on a like a portable tabletop screen print which if you are have ever printed anything you know how ridiculous that is i was using my bathtub to wash out um, the screens and <laughs> Since it was water-based ink, it would actually cure if I laid them out in the sun or just like laid them out in my apartment. So I would have shirts everywhere in my apartment. We did some experimenting one time with a pocket uh, that was shaped in the state of Indiana, if you remember that. So I would take my, I would go to Joanne Fabrics in Bloomington off the highway and <laughs> buy a bunch of polyester fabric. I would have, uh, I would send it to a die cutter I found in Southport. Uh, with a late or a laser cutter and I literally would put it in the dude's mailbox and he would ship it to me two days later in with like pockets in the shape of Indiana and I would sew them on to uh, these shirts so I was doing all that when I was in college and then my final year of school Indiana made uh, the pinstripe bowl which has become yes. a joke and a meme now on the internet and as we all know, that's right. The kick was good, <laughs> kick Megan. Was good. What's up? <laughs> um, 
we uh, line up for the field goal to go into triple overtime against Duke. It looks like it's good. It's called no good. Everyone on Indiana Twitter is tongue-in-cheek about it, like pretending to be really upset, but also we're kind of really upset about a meaningless bowl game ending. For context, I've never seen a bowl victory in my life uh, for the Indiana Hoosiers still, so, you know, it would have been nice. Mm. And with that, um, going into the next season, I graduated from IU. I was working in e-commerce at the time and in Indianapolis e-commerce marketing. And right like the day before the 2016 season kicked off, I made a shirt that said horrible design because I designed it, but it said the kick was good. And within an hour, you know, it got picked up. Uh, Jared, I'm sure you're the assembly call account was retweeting it because we were sponsor actually of assembly call at the time with Hoosier Proud. Yep. Um, my neighbor at the time turned out to be Kyle Robbins uh, from the old Crimson Quarry <laughs> days. Uh, yeah. And he he is an uh, Indiana football degenerate, among many other things. Uh, he was pushing that out. A bunch of people pushed it out. And we, again, in that first hour, sold more shirts than we had ever sold uh, in the two years of this website beforehand. And so I was like, oh, I think, you know, I'm a huge sports fan. I grew up massive, like, IU basketball uh, fan, IU football fan. I mean, uh, AJ Moya was my hero growing up, right? So um, with all of that, I went to IU. And Jared, you actually helped make the connection uh, with licensing back in the day. Mm-hmm. And I talked with licensing um, with Val, who at the time ran IU licensing. And I was like, hey, um, I don't think this requires licensing, but I'd love to get licensed to make IU gear. And again, I'm doing this now out of my basement in broad ripple and that was like yeah sure <laughs> like you're an alum and i was like oh really <laughs> like we can get licensed so from there um we approached purdue because you know it was pretty easy for them to fall in line when we said we have the iu license and indiana state and ball state because it was who's your proud right the side projects focus on indiana yeah and i was texting krista who uh was living in ohio at the time i was like hey can you help me out some designs on this you know, we're, I got a license for these schools. And she said, sure. And tested it for a year or two. And it was doing really well on the side as who's your proud uh, with the collegiate design. Sp- specifically, the vintage take something different that you're not seeing everywhere. Um, you know, most brands, they sell primarily bookstore and they sell. It's literally templates. You know, it's school name, drop in logo every time. And as a huge college sports fan myself and Krista, I mean, her dad uh, played football at Michigan. She grew up going to the big house every Saturday in the fall. Um, We both love college sports and the aesthetics of college sports. And so, um, you know, within that year, Chris and I got married. She moved to Indianapolis and we kind of looked at each other after a year and decided like, you know, we don't really have much to lose. We're pretty young. We're like 23. Like let's, we're getting good traction. Let's go for it. And so, in August of 2018, Chris and I quit our jobs and we launched what became Homefield to be a vintage collegiate apparel brand. So we started literally with eight schools. We added um, Butler and a few others in the state, UE, I think, and USI, and went for it, which um, looking back, um, the process, bad decision, ended up great. But um, <laughs> launching with only eight schools, and I, I think I underestimated how difficult Everybody told me how difficult licensing would be, 
but we had just such strong conviction in our concept and we were able to prove it out over time just because nobody was doing direct to consumer well at all. And mm -hmm. so based off of that and, you know, building really strong community around the brand, which has been massive. I mean, uh, we care about IU more than any other school that's evident in what we do marketing wise, but you know, we've, we've really tapped into these fan bases that, you know, it, it matters when you make a shirt that speaks to the experience. Like we have a 1958 light blue IU shirt for the Dickens boys. Like nobody's going to know that outside of Indiana. People who aren't IU fans mm -hmm. think it's the funniest thing in the world that I have a blue IU shirt that says five, three and one on it. Right. But, but we all know what that season was. So, you know, that, that's what we hit on, uh, I think pretty well. Yeah. Man, you know, and I've, I've started to use it in our ad reads now, actually, which is, you know, one of the things that I love about home field and working with you guys, and I, I think it's one of the reasons why you've been so successful, is there's a real just respect, a current of respect for the traditions of all these colleges and universities, you know, but you can also laugh at the absurdity of college sports, right? Like, that's what your yeah. Twitter account does. Like, you've got the jokes, yeah. you can point out the absurdity, but underneath it all, it's clear that you love college sports and I think a fan base comes and they look and they read the description of the items or they see you talking about them on Twitter and it's like, okay, these guys are funny and they'll point out the stuff that we also think is funny, but underneath it all, they actually really respect and love college sports. And I think that's the thing is sometimes you get people kind of coming into the college sports realm and they're trying to capitalize on it, but they don't mm -hmm. get it. And yeah. you guys get it. And I think that's just a huge part of why you know, it's, it's a special thing when it's not just, Hey, I'm going to buy a shirt. It's like, I'm part of the home field thing that's happening, you know? <laughs> and there is like, there's a home field thing that's happening and, and everybody kind of feels a part of it. And I just think you guys have done such a masterful job of creating that community feel through your marketing and through, you know, the way that you guys just do everything about your business. So, it, I mean, it's why we're so proud to, you know, have you guys as a sponsor, honestly. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's college sports are so intimate, right? And I, I love pro sports too. I watch a ton of pro sports, but there, there's just meaning behind, you know, no rational person would dedicate themselves to the Indiana football Hoosiers. Like no. if you uh, just looking at the history of the program, right? And, and I love the team, but um, there's such a, there's familial ties, regional ties. You just have, this experience it just it means so much that going back to like your childhood right in, in pro sports you can get that i mean i cry like a baby when the cubs won the world series but you know it's it's not the same right um and so it's what we love about college sports and what's you know hard about all of, especially the realignment stuff right you you end you you kill these weird rivalries and traditions and these rivalries that are like, Oh, well we pretend we're not your rival, but we really do hate your guts, but we want to be better than you. So we pretend you're not your, we're not rivals or like th there are absurd things like slippery rock. They had a rock as a mascot. It was a rock. Right. And so they were really cool. And they let us use a version of the old rock wearing a mink coat on a shirt. And it's one of our best sellers, right? The two lane green wave is a top 10 all time bestseller. We have every school you can think of under the sun, but it's the absurdities of college sports that just get sanitized out in the pros. Right. It's just, yeah, it's, it's, there's, there's no risk in, in the pro sports space or nothing that makes it unique, quirky or fun. And so, yeah, it's, it's recognizing like 
there's some weird stuff out there. Um, that's what makes college sports so much fun. If I cared specifically about the best style, like the highest form of basketball or the highest form of football, I'd go watch the pros. But there's just so much more intertwined in that too. And I will watch the pros because I really am blown away by those athletes. But yeah. Are you trying to say that the four years under Ar- Ar- under Archie Miller were not the highest form of basketball, Connor? Is that, is that what no, you're here on no. the show? No, no. Oh, <laughs> man, I do this fun thing where I uh, – Every three weeks during the basketball season last year, I Googled uh, URI three-point percentage, and I was like, oh, okay. It's not It's not just us. <laughs> you know, we're not. Uh, yeah. All right, so we got a bunch of really good community questions kind of about mm-hmm. the business and, like, your favorite logos and stuff like that. We're yeah. going to get to those in segment three. I want to talk to you about IU football some, yes. though, because you are a big part of the IU football death cult that all, you know, mm-hmm. that so many of us are. Um, and one of the other stories that is really compelling is the nine Windiana shirt, Absolutely. which if I recall correctly, that came out before the season, right? Uh, before sure the eight win season mm-hmm. and Indiana actually had a chance to make that one of the greatest called shots of Ever. all time in the history of apparel and unfortunately fell short of that. Um, but Jared, give this me is where I revealed to everyone that you ruined it. Right? Oh God, <laughs> no, I forgot about that. Okay, so what was the score of the game when I texted you? We were up 13 with like six minutes ago. 13 um, with six. And what did, what did I say exactly? I don't even remember. I think I'll have to go back on our text. I may. I don't know, my it was something that was assuming the victory. Yeah. It, it like, was like, it was, I think it was congratulating you maybe on the called shot or something like that. You weren't the only one, which is also hilarious that people were texting me like congratulations, <laughs> though I had something to do with it. But I had like five or six texts from people in college football media texting me like, oh, my God, this is ridiculous. Our DMs were going crazy. One of my favorite things was that we had to refund like 15 shirts that were bought in the fourth quarter because people didn't want to buy it anymore. Oh my um, gosh, but, are you serious? Oh yeah, it was really funny. But <laughs> so, so you should have quickly windy- slapped an, an all sales final sign mm-hmm, up there as yeah, soon as Indiana got the lead. <laughs> should have learned my lesson. But it was it was funny. So 2019 was was the season. You know, everybody talks about oh, flash in the pan 2020, which is not true. We all know there was a season before. 2020 Um, that was great too so it started i believe in june of 2019 homefield's not even a year old and already we've kind of made our name nationally as being like we had only 30 schoolers on the website at the time but we had um nationally started advertising with a couple national college football podcasts like shutdown forecast and at the time it was called papn and so they all thought it was hilarious that we cared that much about Indiana football, which again is objectively hilarious um, to, to do so when you're from Indiana and you're on front street, caring more about the football brand. Yes. So I love them. I love all IU sports though, but beside the point. So I was out to drinks with the aforementioned um, Kyle Robbins of, he was still at Crimson Quarry, the managing editor there and Chris Schutte, who used to write for mid major madness and also, Crimson Corey. Um, we all live within like a mile of each other. Broad Ripple. We get beers or go on runs all the time. And it was a long evening at multiple locations. And as the night continued on, a um, couple hours in, Kyle turns to us and says, India is going to win nine football games this year. <laughs> and Chris and I were like, come on, dude. Like, 
come on. And he runs through the schedule. And both of us are kind of like, you know, if this Penix guy is who we think he might be, which spoiler alert, he was. He is. Uh, he is. He he really is. Yes. Um, He's my friends maybe more than we thought he was. My friends who didn't go to IU really love to tell me that. I'm like, I know. Uh, we're aware. So we were like, we blew you know it. You don't have to rub it in. We know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that Pac-12 interview was brutal this uh, week. <laughs> but yeah. uh, you know, uh, as we're sitting there. Chris and I, you know, whether through Kyle's persuasion or other means, we're like, yeah, I mean, I can see it. And at one point, that's when Chris says, nine Windiana, like nine wins, nine Windiana. We're both like, oh man. And so Kyle tweets that out immediately from the Crimson Quarry account and then like follows up and says, like, make the shirt or something at home field. So then that's <laughs> the next morning. And we put the nine Windiana in the Supreme logo <laughs> on a white t-shirt <laughs> thinking again, like this is a funny bit and it caught on nationally. And of course in the IU fan base, a ton of people bought it. And so when Indiana started rattling off wins, we all kind of like, no way. And they got to seven and two that year after beating <laughs> Northwestern at night. That's where uh Penix, I believe her collarbone or something like running on a QB sneak up 25 uh <laughs> but we it was seven and two and we we're like oh man this this might happen and so i you know who home field was very small at the time there were four employees total myself and krista included uh three employees actually Th three total employees at the company where there's now like 40 and so <laughs> we we were like no way this is crazy and i remember on the that Saturday of the uh, after the Saturday after Black Friday, day after Black Friday, the bucket game. I'm in the warehouse oh, office. Then it was not even a warehouse printing a T-shirt, watching the bucket game. We barely won. It was a terrifying bucket game. And players are running off the field after the eighth win, yelling into the camera, nine Windiana, nine Windiana. I was like, this is wild. Like they actually oh, caught on with the team. Players on the team were DMing me for nine Windiana shirts, which NIL was not a thing then. So I will not um, statue limitations. I don't know. Uh, but <laughs> um, all that to say, Griffin Oaks family bought a lot of the kick was good shirt, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. with nine as Windiana they as they should. Yeah. But nine Windiana. Uh, eight wins happen and IU actually reaches out to us and it's like hey do you want to be the official vendor at the Gator Bowl with the whole nine windy <laughs> deal and we're like yeah like let's do it so Chris and I ship a bunch of t-shirts down to Jacksonville we're selling at the the, the pre-game tailgate um, the vendor inside the stadium actually bought the shirts from us and was selling them in the game and we're just like I use up 22 to I believe it's 22 to nine we're going crazy and it all just like house of cards and we were like this close to the greatest the greatest call shot right and it wasn't yes. me i just made the t-shirt but i look over at krista who grew up a massive michigan fan with her dad playing football in michigan whole family going to michigan and i just see like one tear going down her cheek and i was like oh, oh no I'm the worst person in the world from taking her from being a Michigan football fan with the most wins of all time to like shedding tears over the, my beloved Indiana football Hoosiers. So that's the nine Indiana story. Uh, just, yeah, it was great. Gosh, time. 
Boy, the whole program really got out over its skis a little bit before that oh. bowl game, huh? Gee, whiz. <laughs> I mean, but it was it was such a cool thing though, because I mean, it oh, yeah. like it was part of the rallying cry of that whole you know, like you can't tell the story of that season without the whole nine Indiana thread that went all the way through it, you know. And that's, but that's cool. I mean, I think that's just uh, emblematic, like we were talking earlier about you know, kind of your connection with the programs mm -hmm. um, that you you know, that you license and that you put their stuff out there. Um, there's an investment there. And obviously the investment is greater with Indiana because of your history with the program. No doubt. God, that game. Gee whiz. Yeah. Oh, well. I'll never forget it. No. Um, all right. So let's get some quick Indiana football thoughts here. Uh, yes. Heading into this big game Saturday against Louisville. Obviously very few people had any hopes heading into the season. Do you take anything away from the Ohio State and Indiana State games that make you feel a little bit better, or are you just waiting to see this Louisville game and see if there's anything there? You know, for the most part, I'm waiting to see after the Louisville game. I think anything I say has been – will in some degree be par me parroting much smarter people than myself. But, I mean, checkpoints, right? Defense, hey, looks like there's something. Uh, offense, very confused what we're actually doing. Uh, because we did two op completely opposite strategies. It, it implemented two completely opposite strategies in uh, two weeks. I do agree with the Taven choice. Very happy about that. Uh, I think we need to have some ability to throw the football, uh, which is uh, he demonstrated that obviously against Indiana State, but I mean, you have to do it against bad teams and good teams, right? So yeah, yeah I, I, I do think uh, the secondary will probably be tested for the first time in this game because Indiana state didn't had no, um, no interest in throwing the football and Ohio state weirdly did not try to throw it to two of the best receivers in the, in the country in the first game. Um, again, I think the secondary played well in the first game, but they weren't and with a new quarterback in McCord, they weren't testing us too much. Um, so Again, it's two really tough games to judge any season on, and I'm withholding judgment until Louisville because I do think, again, kind of like everybody's saying, it is the first real test. I mean, you know that Brom is going to know all the buttons to push <laughs> against this defense. So if it holds up and we can contain a bunch of playmakers in space, even if we lose and it's you know a one-score game, I'll feel much better about the season than I did going in because – there was so much uncertainty going in and obviously the trajectory hasn't been great. So yeah. Uh, holding out a lot of judgment until this Louisville game. Are there any plans for a Michael Penix Heisman trophy campaign t-shirt as we get closer? I had this idea earlier today of like Penix with like, with like a block eye, you know, to like put mm -hmm. a little Indiana in there since he, uh -huh. since he started with us for Heisman. Um, well, it's fun. <laughs> It's funny. There's a store in Seattle. We sell a lot of our Washington gear to called simply Seattle. Uh, they made a big Penix energy shirt last year, but yeah. they actually have hooked him up with a ton of home field Washington gear. Really? And so, yeah, we see him all the time now on social media wearing a bunch of our shirts, but it's Washington, which is really, I mean, you know, I, I think I tweeted from the home field account. Um, it was early last year. Um, it was something along the lines of, and here I am reciting my tweets to you, which is awesome. Uh, but something <laughs> along the lines of, um, like me watching the Washington Huskies quarterback and 
it was just the scene from the dark Knight where it's Christian Bale, just nodding at Alfred at the end and Alfred nodding back. Like, <laughs> like, I'm just so happy for you that you're in a better place and doing yes. well. That's how we I all feel. Are. We, we all are. are. Right? Nobody has any animosity toward the guy. I'm so happy. He's just, no. Doing. And if they do, they're so completely off base. I don't even pay attention to the opinion, you know? Yeah, no, he went to I'm a better rooting. place. He's flourishing. We had our chance and we blew it. And, and obviously everybody a lot of people saw the interview that he gave that's probably a topic mm -hmm. for another day because i don't yeah. we, that's a, that's something to really dive into um last question for you before we break and then go to the community questions one of the things that is so cool and i love seeing it you guys will post the pictures is you know coaches and celebrities and other people mm -hmm. like wearing home field and spotting home field in the wild does has that gotten old at all you know mm. or just because it happens so often now and what was like the last one that really like made you kind of step back and be like, whoa, that is cool. That's a great question. Um, I think it's funny. I think in the moment it's always still really cool. Um, yeah. And it's funny because there are so many that have happened and yet here I am trying to jog my memory. I, I think, well, it's cool maybe tying uh, into more of a, a sports moment was when Kansas state was going on their run. That's the one Jerome, I was thinking of Jerome Tang, like legitimately we're in the DMS a good bit. Like he is a great, uh, at least from our exchanges, you know, great guy legitimately loves home field. A friend of mine, who's a, a good friend of mine, who's a college football reporter for, for sports illustrated texted me and he's like, yeah, they put me on basketball this week and i just interviewed tang for half an hour and i saw he's wearing your hoodie and i was like oh my friend owns the company and he like went on for five minutes about home field so that's always fun because it's not just like oh that's a cool shirt it's they actually have investment and know the brand by name which is really fun so jerome tang uh really enjoyed that hoiberg uh wore a nebraska ball shirt on a recent trip and that was kind of fun uh interconference rival there but it was a good time to see that i was listening to the case dis uh, discourse earlier before i jumped on uh electric player again maybe not 13th in the conference, is. but electric player and <laughs> be nice you know, to have a guy that can make shots like that <laughs> you know i would love that yes um but he you know well. it, it it is always really fun um katie gerald's up at purdue actually um women's coach really a legendary player um loves the brand it's a good time we've made a shirt with terry moore and she's awesome right it, it's really fun just as a college sports fan to just you know seeing people on the sidelines and uh who you know know something you create out of your basement it's it's really fun it is you know connor yeah, the tang I, one is yeah oh go ahead i was just gonna say i watch a lot of sports podcasts and now i'm starting to see hosts that are wearing home field and mm -hmm. it, 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 you just get a big smile knowing that you're our presenting sponsor. And, and we knew when, oh, when yeah. you got started and, and all that. I'm like, oh, yeah. Okay. Now I'm listening to this guy. Um, couple, couple wagering shows that I watch. The, the guys are in, <laughs> in home field apparel. Uh, so they've been winning some bets and, and, and sending you, you some money. So it, it's been nice to see that. And you also see it on crowd shots now, too. I, I'm, I'm attuned mm -hmm. to finding when you're in the crowd and you're like, oh, that's that's some of Connor's work right there. Uh, that's gotta be exciting to, to see that explode, um, the, the way it has in the last five years. Oh yeah. We're Chris and I all the time when we're watching a game, we're like Hawks trying to see the crowd and like, <laughs> I, I don't know. We 
there's always someone every game, but it's still, it's still, I don't know, something out of being on TV. You're like, whoa, that's cool. Uh, I mean, going to Assembly Hall Memorial Stadium, we see it all the time. Oh, God, it's everywhere. Which is Man, awesome. I, uh, last time we were in town, um, I taught a class for Galen over at, uh, over at Franklin Hall. And so after that, we were, you know, walking through campus on our way to the game, and Galen had his bomber jacket on. And mm. I swear, we must have passed, not even exaggerating, like eight or nine people with the bomber jacket and, and Galen's wearing it. And it's funny because anytime, you know, he would see someone, it's like there's eye contact and like the knowing head nod. Like, yeah, <laughs> I see. <ya." laughs> you know? It's so funny. It's like this little, it's like this thing, you know, everybody's bonded yeah. by their, by their home field apparel. And I mean, I've seen there. people walking around with it in Texas every now and then yeah. it's like, that's home field apparel. And they're like, yep. So we're going to, it's fun. I'll see it in my neighborhood here in Broad Ripple and I'll just have to, I don't ever really say there's one neighbor who I've said things to multiple times. I, I thought he was a different guy both times. And it's really embarrassing because I never say anything to anyone. And I said to him the second time, he's like, yeah, we've, we've had this conversation before. <laughs> but other than that, I do see it all the time. It's just, it's still, still surreal to see it on the wild. Even though I know how many packages are going out, it's still, it's still a really cool experience. That is awesome. That is awesome. All right. Well, we're going to hop in to our community questions here. We, we can skip the formalities of the music and the outros. Okay. <laughs> uh, let's just let's just jump into it. Um, by the way, if you haven't joined the community yet, you can go to assemblycall.com slash community uh, and join us. Things are ramping up here as football season is on and basketball season is coming. Uh, but someone who I know has uh, spent quite a deal of money at, uh, at Home Field Apparel and proudly is our buddy Jay Horry who asks our mediocre question. So we're going to get to the mediocre question next. It's not that good, but it's not that bad. It's Jay's mediocre question. And credit to Jay. This is actually a really good question. So I'm excited to hear mm. what you say for this, Connor. Although I think the answer is kind of is, is clear if people have been paying attention. If Connor could pick one IU athlete throughout history to partner with for a home field NIL deal... Who would it be and why? Antoine Randolph. Yep. Okay. <laughs> Actually, the other part of Jay's question was, and why is it Antoine Randolph? <laughs> I I have sent multiple. He has a, a website that I'm sure no one has checked for years. And I've sent multiple inquiries into the to the contact us box just to be like, can we send Randall some t-shirts? I probably should just send it to the Lions facility at this point, but yeah. yeah. Like, like what will it take? Do you want $3 from every item we sell? Like Antoine, yeah. whatever it takes, man, <laughs> whatever, whatever it takes. I'll give you every old oval item we have. Come on, man. Uh, no. Randall. Um, sure. Okay. And Jay had a follow-up question. How much does Randall win the Heisman by if home field ran his campaign? It's, uh, you know, we would have to, it'd be highlights. It'd be just highlight after highlight. It'd be multi-sport angle to it. Um, winning smile. We're not looking at completion percentage or TDs to INTs. None of that. We're, we're positioning him, Rex Grossman as the trader, right? We're doing the whole bit there. Uh, and, and Antoine <laughs> coming to save Bloomington, right? So that's, I think that's the angle we're taking. Um, I think we do an effective job. Um, but I mean, you let the play speak for itself at the end of the day, just electric, just electric. Ca you know, Connor, one I'm question gonna... I've always wondered, one, one question I've always wondered is you, know, you guys obviously from the very beginning were associated with IU football mm -hmm. and, but 
you know, college sports, everybody has, you know, there's rivalries and people have strong mm -hmm. feelings about schools, you know, good or bad. And Indiana basketball certainly <laughs> creates strong opinions among people, but Indiana oh, football yeah. is kind of harmless. You know, it's like mm -hmm. no one else, like outside of Purdue, no one really like feels like hates Indiana football. They kind of right. like might feel sorry for Indiana football or not think about Indiana football at all, but it's not a divisive university. Do you think that right. had any impact in so many people just like getting into the home field brand? Cause you know, being so closely associated with IU football, you don't turn anybody away and it's like, yeah, I'll adopt Indiana football as like a fun second team to follow. Cause I felt like early on that was kind of part of what built the brand. And it's like, everybody can grab onto this and no one's offended by home field. Cause it's like, it's Indiana football, man. Like, you know, it's <laughs> the little engine that could, and you know, they're kind of trying to build this thing up. Do you, did you get that sense or is that totally off base? Oh, no doubt. So when we, in 2019 doing nine Indiana, right. I mean, first of all, the fact that you're doing a marketing campaign around uh, a football team, getting to nine wins is pretty funny of itself, but people don't realize that Indiana, we don't get double digit wins like literally yeah. ever. It was crazy. Right? Like, wait, nine wins. That's like the minimum that you guys expect. Right. right? That's, that's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like mm, Brady Hoke's getting fired. Right. So yeah, it, it is pretty harmless, you know, beyond that too, though, you know, you have like the college football internet um, that was really pioneered by like Spencer Hall, Ryan, Nanny, Holly Anderson back in the day, Jason Kirk. And Indiana was a darling of it because of the the Wilson Chaos teams, right? That would yeah. just scare the daylights out of, we all know, Michigan, Ohio State, for the most part, sometimes Penn State. And so there was already that built in. And then it just being an Indiana brand that's so forward about the, like a program I truly do love, like not ironically, but also it's the losingest football program in history, right? Like I think people... You know, we were we were coming up at the same time, like that trajectory with Indiana football in 19 and then 20 people like obviously terrible year. And everybody was looking for something fun to grab onto that brought them joy and Indiana football. I mean, it was that the combination of, you know, the like worst program by losses in FBS history with this coach preaching love each other. Right. There was something people grabbed onto that regardless yeah. of us. But then I think. We helped put a little bit, a very tiny megaphone to it, right, for people on the college football internet. Yeah. Counter, we got a lot of questions, but I, I'm going to throw one for myself. Your your clients, how many of them are sport or team specific and buy everything from a school mm. versus the absolute college wackos like me that has <laughs> over 85 different shirts? Um, mm -hmm. what, what do you, you have 85? I have yeah. over 85 home field. Uh, the other day I showed home field to my econ class as a business startup. And then they said, how uh -huh. much do you buy? And we went to all my orders and it's three pages worth. <laughs> it's, oh, it, let's put it this that. way. Our sponsor has made a profit from sponsoring our show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's, but do you find uh, with all of the uh, awesome logos, it goes into our next question about how, how do you ensure that you never miss? Like yeah. if you collect college gear, if you are a college fan and collect college gear like i have the old block sweatshirts and the long sleeve t-shirts and the hats that are down here uh do you have a lot of those or is it usually just um people with one major team and a couple offshoot purchases 
We do have a lot of those. And I'm finding, you know, it's not just the people who learned about us earlier. Um, so we have uncovered a segment of people, coach included, um, who, you know, multiple people have bought over 100 schools from our website, right? There's this wow. one guy, his name's Alex Carsons. He's a Michigan grad, lives in Illinois. We got him in our five-year anniversary video. We noticed one point in the where the warehouse team came to me and they're like, Connor, we think somebody's ordering from every school alphabetically. I was like, what? And they were like, yeah, look at this. And it was like Eastern Michigan and Evansville, then Ferris State, then Florida State. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. And we're like, we looked at his order history and he was like five a week or something like that. We're like, he's doing it. And so, um, you know, those people are Coach the has a new hero. <laughs> yeah that's a great He's idea on twitter. you can <laughs> yeah. go you can go find alex carson's on twitter but you know there are people who just love the aesthetics or love the goofiness of the storytelling and so now they're the ones who are probably the most vocal on in particular twitter it'll shock people to know we have other social media platforms too that there's a lot of engagement on but um you know twitter is where we we made our hay at first and so You'll you'll see, you know, a bunch of people who will buy, you know, they'll sign up for a subscription to get a shirt a week from a different school. They'll buy the mystery boxes, right? It is still the the minority for sure. Most people are like one or two teams. Like maybe they'll buy IU and Purdue because they have a family member that went there or, you know, went to one school but kind of cheer for this other one on the side. But there is we keep uncovering new ones. Like I was telling a story the other day. I'm teaching a a class right now, actually in the media school. Um, that's where I saw Galen today. Um, nice. And I was telling my students about this cause we were talking about some brand affinity stuff, but I, uh, noticed this guy when we did our subscription for March madness, where you get, you get a sh two shirts every weekend for teams that are still left in the tournament. And boy, did that end up being difficult because I ended up leaving, uh, Indiana women's basketball to the final four. Cause I was just so convinced they were going to make it. So mm -hmm. I didn't put them into any packages and then Miami happened, Miami. but all that to say, I noticed this guy who ordered three of those subscriptions. So he was getting a total of like 18 shirts. I was like, man, why have I not heard of his name before? I swear. Like I would have heard of him for somebody who would be this into it. And I noticed his first order was July of 2022, but he had ordered 40 times since then. I was like, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so his first order was a Youngstown State shirt on the day it dropped. And he lived in Pittsburgh. I was like, oh, he's probably a Youngstown State grad. Second order two weeks later is when Penn State dropped. I was like, I bet he went to Youngstown. Cheers for Penn State for FBS. Third order two weeks later was the Tulane Green Wave. I was like, oh, I got you. Like, it's over. <laughs> um, and sure enough, it's just like Hawaii, Slippery Rock. Like, you get going and going, right? Um, and so it, it's fun for me because those people are are coming in all the time and we're uncovering them. But they, you're not alone, Coach. There are thousands of people who order. I won't start a support group um, <laughs> yeah. know, to, to stop this thing. but <laughs> Yeah. Oh, man. It's good. Megan stuff. in the chat said, Oh dear, someone warned Amy. Which yeah. yeah. Sorry, my students Amy. told me to color code. I have now color coded <laughs> all of my home field the shirts closet? in the closet by color um, per my students' orders. So it's quite mm. quite the picture. 
I'm but glad. it's just yeah, good stuff. And if you're, if you, I've always collected college gear. And then when Homefield yeah. started, it was a niche of that retro and my age living through a lot of those logos that it, it, it hits, um, for, mm-hmm. for, for people. Some people buy their favorite NFL or NBA or hats or sneakers. Uh, but that, I just wondered how much of a niche there is for the, the psycho collegiate orders um, <laughs> like me. Glad to know I'm yeah, not the it, only one. You're not the only one. It's a minority, but it's, 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 a, it's a strong minority for sure. Um, okay, from Troy. Can you ask Connor what sort of sorcery he uses to ensure that home field never misses? Great question. Which is a great meme online. Home field yeah. never misses. <laughs> That's why we did the uh, can't miss kickoff a couple of weeks ago for a yeah. college football campaign. Uh, one of the things is I'm not involved in the design, which always ensures that um, it never misses. <laughs> I've, I've designed a couple of the shirts, and some of them still have done well, but I'm not involved in that. Uh, the team just does an incredible amount of research. Um, we have four apparel designers under the direction of Krista, and I mean they are one just so talented in their own right not all of them came in massive college sports fans we had a few that were but they have learned how to just do research like no one's business in terms of the stories we have a great copywriter too who's done an excellent job of telling those stories on every product page but i mean i'll go by the desk of the designers and somebody's always got some youtube clip up of like Pitt versus Syracuse football in 1973 or something like that. Right. Like they are experiencing it. And, you know, we will, they'll read, you know, not just like look for cool logos, but they'll read books or just articles, newspaper clippings, just try to understand the feeling or experience or how something was used. Right. So it's just, it's a lot of care, right? People, you can't, you don't just we don't just throw a logo on something. It has to have meaning. And there's so many buried little phrases or you know, tiny like if if you look at any national championship that happens with like an orange bowl, there's always an orange somewhere on there. Like just mm-hmm. like the fruit, right? Like just stuff like that that people may not notice until later. Um, that's small and buried, but every detail the designers really stress over. And so um there, there's a lot of work that goes into it, and we just have really awesome just just such incredibly talented designers too who who care which is yeah. the differentiator really uh, all right i got the next one from bob thompson because you gotta be careful how you answer this with jared here but uh bob asks, what is your all-time favorite iu uniform or logo i guess we could throw in there too any sport yeah just any all-time sport? favorite any iu uniform Mm, 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 mm. we all know the the answer i have to say because of whatever with i'll just get the oval part out of the way non-oval division i would okay say do you f- like the oval like you genuinely like it or do you like it ironically <laughs> here, it, so, here it i'm not gonna i'm not i'm not here to be argumentative i just i'm very curious because <laughs> some people do like it kind of ironically but they don't really like it you know like, no here, it's he's, objectively, our, he's our sponsor remember that he's our sponsor <laughs> It's objectively. And I have, have talked about this many times. <laughs> it's objectively ugly, but I love it. That's okay. the best answer, and it's kind of there's some irony in it too, right? But but for me, it's like, look, I was born. In, that was your wheelhouse, uh, IU. Football yeah, teams. I was born I, in the '90s, it. right? Like though, that's uh, it's when I first fell in love with with Indiana football, and that's burned in my brain. But 
people people who were who were as connected to the Mallory era as I was have bad feelings about it because it came right after Mallory and there were yes. always great oh, absolutely. with Cam Cameron and all that. So there's a whole lot of stuff mixed up into it. So I get it. Oh, absolutely. You know, I have kind of um, different divisions for like favorite uniform, favorite logo, because it doesn't quite align. My favorite uniform set are the ones that they revived this year when the, the men's team was hot. Um, yeah. With, with the curved trident. I mean, the 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 typeface uh arched indiana looks so good um thank god the piping was brought back we all were we all were very happy uh when that decision was made just even for the standard uniforms currently but um you know just a little taller skinnier indiana on the front with with the curved trident that's my personal favorite uniform set of for the school regardless of sport I would say my favorite logo is still the drop shadow trident. Um, that is my favorite of all of them. I know I bet if you pull the fan base, I would bet the curved trident is probably the, that comes out. Number one, my favorite, I I'm a sucker for a drop shadow. I think the contrasting white and black in particular is really nice. Um, and I think, I mean, it's heyday really was late eighties there and, there's some ways we can't use it uh, in our apparel. Like we can't, you can't put anything over the IU, but there's some really cool mm. old versions where there's a seal over it, or you had like a banner going across the front. Um, it, it's funny the way they, they, I've actually talked to the IU licensing about this before. They interchanged the use of so many tridents at once. It was kind of crazy. You didn't know what was the primary logo. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, I think of, you know, Mallory being carried off the field and that's on his, his left chest on the starter jacket, right? I, I love yeah. that that aesthetic. So, um, yeah, I'm kind of all over the board. One of the funnier logos I think that exists in IU history because they just they they didn't have it all together brand guideline wise in the late '90s. Of course, with the oval, which Cam Cameron brought in, but we have a one of our designers uh, donated to the office a lend your leg to Yakely's army poster, and. Oh, wow. It has the oval logo with five stars over it, which is oh really uh huh yeah. I'm gonna have to tweet. I'll have to tweet out a photo of it to you guys later. But uh, I was just telling uh, uh, IU about it today. I was like, you know, it'd be a real shame if you let your maybe favorite <laughs> ecom apparel brand uh, use that logo. So see, okay, yeah. there's something about that that sounds immediately more awesome to me than associating with the football program. I'm now I'm now intrigued by the oval for the soccer because team. when the football team wore it, it was five total wins and that was five <laughs> national championships for the the other football yes. team. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So to, to follow up on on that, Connor, uh, Jeff asks, which university outside of IU has your favorite retro design or logo or maybe a couple of them as you got hundreds Ooh. of different schools? But is there a favorite or two? You know, people ask me that all the time, and I feel like I have a different answer depending on the day. So, I Tulane is always up there for me. It's really hard to beat those colors, and you have a couple of different retro logos with the retro wave, but you also have Greeny, the little... We actually have one of the shirts coming out with him this week, the little guy. Um, I I really love Kansas State's uh uniform set and what they work with because they have the purple and the lavender it's less about the logos in in that case and more the colors lsu again you get the colors there but there's some really cool tigers uh in lsu history 
that, you know, I stole a couple of those purple shirts. It it's um man, yeah, I have a whole stack of shirts that I just steal for myself. It it it's really all over Pitt, frankly. I think they made one of the best marketing decision branding decisions they could have possibly made when they went back to the royal blue and gold and they brought back the pit script as their primary um yeah i i'm sure if you asked me tomorrow i'd have a different answer i mean right like ucla is always up there um, because i mean how can you not with those colors and the script and joe bruin and all it's just yeah i i I could if you, you i could make a case for almost every single school depending on the day Almost There's something about the script logos I've always liked. UCLA, mm-hmm. like yep. the Michigan State, State, the yes. Kansas State. There's something about that look I've always loved. Yeah, it's really classic. And, you know, there are some scripts that are bad that are out there. But, I mean, honestly, most of them are really clean, especially if you if you know what you're doing and how to what contrasting colors to put with it. You can make a lot of those scripts look great. So I love them. Uh, Megan has a question. She wants to know if Homefield is hiring because she cannot afford to keep buying all this stuff without a second <laughs> job. <laughs> Megan, you gotta just you, Megan. Here's what you you create new emails, um, one a week, <laughs> and you use code home, and it, that's you generate uh, use home two three for, now. Home two three. It's home two. That's right. Yeah, we did yeah. change it. Yeah. Because what happens is they end up getting caught in uh, Retail Me Not or other websites, and then there's not proper attribution. Fun marketing stuff for you all. Use code mm-hmm. HOME23. I think Galen still says HOME on his podcast. I just uh, texted him <laughs> yesterday, actually. I was like, it's, I was like, it's HOME23. we got to change it. Come on, Galen. <laughs> yeah. um, no, but that's what you got to do, Megan. You just got to make new emails every week if you're really dedicated to it, and you'll get your discount. Yeah, you buy some more businesses, you know, like, yeah. let's go, Megan. You do what you got to do to get the home field that you need. Correct. That's how it works. Mm-hmm. We are so, actually, literally, we just received word two days ago. We had a meeting with a company that runs in venue. We're going to be, we're targeting for homecoming, but we'll, if slash Hoosier Stereo, but we will be in Assembly Hall and Memorial Stadium now. You'll be able to buy home field in place. Nice. So very nice. excited about that. That is awesome. The promo code won't work there, but that's true. <laughs> that is true. All right. A couple more questions to wrap up and then we'll get you out of here, Condor. And thanks again for coming and, yeah, and hanging. Absolutely. And by the way, th- this was not like part of the sponsorship. This was just, we just wanted to <laughs> no. talk to Connor and catch up, you know? Yeah. Cause it's been a while. It's been a while since we've talked. So we figured let's just talk in front of everybody. Cause when you have a yeah. podcast, that's the best way to do it. Um, let me see. Okay, so Tom, and I don't know if you have insight into this. Tom says, how can we get some of the apparel that the coaching staff wears? And this is mm. a constant issue with Indiana yep. of seeing awesome apparel on the players and coaches, everybody running to get it, and then the big letdown when it's like, oh, yeah, there's like, you know, in terms of like the new modern stuff, there's just not that many options. So yeah. other than, hey, go retro and go to home field, which is, of course, what we direct yeah. everybody to do, do you have any – insight on that on how you know to get some of that stuff or why that doesn't happen or if there's you know maybe going to be a change as far as that goes i've not heard anything on the ladder i know what you're asking uh (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's not it's i will tell you it's not an iu exclusive problem Mm. Uh, this is across every single athletic department whether or not you feel like your on-field provider cares or not um it typically what happens is you have to order. I mean, I don't work for an on-field provider, but I know people who do. 
and so just talking to them you you have to order these things from a company like adidas or nike uh like 18 months in advance it's crazy because they without i mean they're producing millions and millions and millions of apparel pieces every year and so they have other jobs not only for other schools but pro leagues and elsewhere they don't have they have not found a quick solution uh quick turn solution where like a mobile brand like myself you know purdue can find a new 14 to 16 seed to lose to in the tournament and we can crank out a collection the next day uh well i just picked one out of thin air i wasn't you know playing to the audience here so right but it's they produce at such scale and i mean even with with covid they delivered 18 months of product and one shipment to bookstores because it just that you get so backed up there's so many logistical nightmares with it so in my belief i do think the sideline providers need to do a better job of having some quick turn solution um you know we we see it all the time even we'll we'll time up a drop of a shirt with a football program wearing a new uniform out to the field they haven't worn before and there's kind of two pieces there one in no world should home field be able to do that like the sideline provider should be doing that right because they're already making the jersey and the uniform but they don't it's frankly it's small business for them right you know you'd say like we all buy it like crazy if you bought a thousand of a quarters that the coaching staff was wearing you know what does a hundred thousand dollars mean to Nike or Adidas, like it's a drop in the bucket. It's unfortunate that that's the way the decisions are made, right? But, mm. um, but then also even when we try to coordinate, you know, this is this year we've had to move. We're gonna drop a shirt with a football program when their uniform comes out. Not Big Ten, you guys, it, whatever. But um, we've had to move it three times of when we drop the shirt because they keep telling us, oh, XYZ apparel provider pushed the date back. Jersey's got delayed. Jersey's got delayed. Jersey's got delayed. And they've been planning this for 18 months, right? So oh, wow. it is um, it is an issue for sure. And uh, that isn't like, don't worry. It's not that Adidas doesn't care about you guys. It's that this is, or us, right? It's, it's, a, it's a problem that I think the sideline providers need to work on having a quicker turn solution domestically, frankly. Yeah. And there's your operations talk of the day. No, but that's good. I think that's good insight, you know, for, yeah. for everybody to have. Um, from Phil, uh, and th- I think this is an interesting question. He said, does Homefield have any way to measure the success of sponsorship of the leading podcast for IU Sports? But, <laughs> yes. But, but as a more general way, like how do mm-hmm. you measure the success and how do you choose, you know, who you're going to partner with? Yeah. You know, because, I mean, obviously you guys have limited time and resources to do that. How do you mm-hmm. choose that? And then how do you measure whether it's working for you? And especially one like ours that's been going on forever uh, yeah. in terms of the sponsorship. You know, how do you how do you make those decisions? Yeah, in terms of choice, you know, we're really tapped in on Twitter. So we have their private lists because um, we don't want to give the playbook away. But we have a list for over 150 different fan bases. To f- if we want to know what's going on, in rice owls twitter i can jump in to the six accounts that we have on this list and figure out what people are talking about right and we know two or three podcasts for basically every g5 eh, not every g5 every p5 has about two or three podcasts uh of note for the most part and every g5 probably has or mid-major on a basketball podcast has has probably one podcast that talks about them and so 
when we're selecting which ones, um, it's important to us. We're a quality product, right? If we are advertising on a poor product, what does that say about our tastes, right? So we'll listen to every single, you know, we'll search XYZ School Podcasts and we know it from Twitter. And frankly, we're really selective about our partners in terms of we want to make sure, you know, that we aren't going to be embarrassed by working with them. So we have, it's unfortunate in today's day and age, but we have a list of words that we will search um, from the podcast account and we'll go cherry pick different episodes that a couple members of our team will listen to and be like, okay, is it good? And are they going to embarrass us by like saying something terrible? Um, Cause again, unfortunately it's kind of what you have to look out for. And so, um, you know, I was so what you're saying is we're lucky that you just haven't listened to an episode of Ryan. On <laughs> you just beat me to it. I was going to say, and you still sponsor us, even though we have Ryan. <laughs> I, I, I was listening in the car on the way home, uh, from the office to, to the, the whole XJ discourse. So who knows? No, uh, it, it, it's, uh, you know, so I mean, with you guys, I was a listener before I ever sponsored the show. Right. That was, that was easy. I knew that. Right. And, we, we measure success in a couple of ways. I mean, you can look at direct, you know, at first, especially when you're starting out and you have very little money. Like, I mean, again, we were out of my basement. We had no money to start with. You look at, I put X amount of dollars in and I know to be break even, I need Y back. So typically it was podcast code usages, right? However, I know at this point, six years running, our podcast code, is a first time use code. And I understand that a lot of your listeners um, have probably, we've acquired those customers. I think it's bad business and not how you build lifelong relationships to say, oh, you know what? We got our use there. We acquired all the customers there are to acquire. We're out. You know, we understand mm -hmm. that someone listening uh, to all the post game shows and AC radio by having home field ads in their ear that are genuine from people who actually like the product, which is a huge piece for us that sure, maybe for a couple months, you know, we don't see the podcast code usage there, but we know come holiday, we know exactly where all those IU fans are going to go get all their holiday gifts. And we know mm -hmm. for brand permanence, which we need to do a better job of, of measuring brand lift. But I mean, for us right now, it's kind of the first five years of home field have been making good bets and then observing just the overall impact of those bets on the brand. So, you know, could I get really into the weeds and be like, man, how's this Houston podcast performing? No doubt. Sure. If there are no code usages, it's probably a bad, it's probably dead for us, but really we look overall like, okay, we, we spent X amount on podcasts and for Y amount of podcasts. And then we saw Z amount of lift total. Right. So that, that's how we observe it for the most part. Nice. Very nice. Well, we cherish our relationship with you guys. We love working with you. Um, hope to continue and coach will, you know, continue. He's going to have to get another credit card that Amy doesn't know about, but he'll do what it takes to continue buying shirts. You so, got to get him like an assembly call card, Jared. Come on. Yeah, <laughs> That's what I, I should hold out for my next contract. Every month That's I get right. a free home field shirt right. uh, as payment, right? I think there That's, we go. Uh, Ryan wants deal. to be paid by the interruption. Coach wants to be paid in home field gear. So yes. I think that's fair. So do also great line right. by Brad. He says that's why Ryan left because he was ordered to. 
<laughs> no, but it, it, it's, um, we appreciate uh, Connor. I do too. Teaching um, econ to seniors and 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 talking about going into business and the different options that people have. It's just a it's a great story to to teach uh, people. It's a great story to share. And maybe I'm just justifying my purchases when I say how great <laughs> you are personally to talk to us and, and sponsor our podcast. But uh, a, a lot of a lot of thanks. Um, Again, I got uh, the nice script Indiana long sleeve uh, going tonight. It, it's it's just been a pleasure to be here for five years and, and see your growth and, and appreciate your involvement with us. So um, kudos. Yeah, no, appreciate all the support over all the years, guys. I know you guys have been there from the very beginning. You've been awesome partners to work with. And so, you know, here's to five plus more. Excited for it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, we'll get you out of here on this. We asked you about the football team earlier. Mm-hmm. Get your thoughts on basketball. How are you feeling about the upcoming season? Are you confident, intrigued, you know, yeah. worried? Like, how would you kind of assess your feelings as we head into year three of Mike Woodson? Yeah. You know, I've got a lot of thoughts. Uh, still fleshing some out. For the for the men's team i think i mean it all and for both teams frankly it all comes down to shooting in my opinion uh i mean you got to put the ball in the hoop uh more than the other team and score more points right but it's all about shooting that's that's right um which is it's very funny for i'm sure it's been said before for a state where everybody is you know taught to shoot the basketball uh with perfect form that uh, on their hoop have, attached to a barn that's right you know. just like ryan klein when he grew up in carmel um like <laughs> i did so i'm not throwing shade there i grew up there too i can say it um you know that both teams have struggled mightily well garzon is, is changing that but both teams have struggled mightily from three and so look i think there is a path you know you, you come back around the XJ discourse and on the men's side, if he, I, I think two years ago in Woodson's first year, um, he treated the regular season like Woodson did. And I think this was great. Like a lot of NBA coaches treat the regular season. You go, you watch an NBA team, they'll spend five or 10 games trying out um, different pick and roll coverage, or they'll just be testing something on offense and they might, be willing to lose a couple games because down the stretch, figure out what's works. And then in the NBA, you spam it until it's not working anymore. And it's a great term. The, at the end of uh, Woodson's first year, he, after a whole season, in my estimation, it's like, yep, the XJ and Trace pick and roll. I love the two best players on the court. And we are going to run that high pick and roll until someone stops it. And flying across the country four games in seven days blah, 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 blah. we all know this spiel that maybe stopped it also same is just a good team um but i do believe there is a version of xj with even without the shooting where Khalil Ware is has the year that i think a lot of us are hoping for it's a perfect pick and roll partner you've got another creator in mbako you've got um i mean depending on how cups comes along coming off the bench, right? How Trey continues to develop 46% probably isn't going to happen again as volume increases. I mean, I hope volume increases, right? So it is just, 
you know, how effective to me, it comes down to like, I don't want to reduce it to how effective is that high pick and roll it. There's plenty of other factors, including, you know, can there be enough development on um, elbow and corner threes or wing and corner threes that open up the floor that, you know, it kind of feeds itself where there's a, the clears the high pick and roll open more people have to sink in more to stop that high pick and roll and there's more we get it right so i I trust woodson on the defensive end i trust him to get guys to gel even the pieces don't make sense he's coached you know one sort of way in the nba with rangy athletic wings who could shoot better than what our current team is but he had adapted to having back to the basket dominant big man so i trust he'll get the pieces together i trust the floor is high simply because it's mike woodson and I think the ceiling, I mean, the talent is there. We all know that. It's just a matter of how do the pieces fit and, and is there three-point shooting. Um, on <laughs> Speaking of ex- incredibly high floors, I, th- I think the same for Terry Morin, too. I mean, I, yes. I have so there – were, there was like one game where I was like, what are they doing? The Ohio State Big Ten tournament game. Other than that, every time I just trusted, like, oh, they'll come back, they'll come back, they'll come back, they'll come back. And I think like, Mac was hurt in the – Miami game. I think we all knew that. Yes. Me. Um, and I think that Miami was shooting lights out uncharacteristically. And, um, you know, that was a bummer the way it ended. But even with, with Grace gone, uh, that's all rookie team Grace Berger gone. That's um, right. I still, you know, I winning the conference this year, who knows? Uh, you know, Clark is back, uh, but she's missing a lot of pieces too. Michigan looks like they're pretty good, but yeah, I mean, basketball overall, I'm just excited. Like it's just so much fun now to have two programs that are, you know, I can reasonably expect every year to be in the tournament and be competitive. Right. It, it doubles the amount of basketball I get to watch every week, like fun basketball. Right. That's right. And they're not, I, I can't remember the last time that we had two teams humming like this at the same time. Um, I mean, women's basketball just hasn't done much. Right. Value, yeah. That's what I'm know? saying. Right. And then like, as they started to pick up the aforementioned Archie era uh, was underway. So we've, we haven't had two of the same. It just makes November through February in March, frankly, March so much fun. Right. So yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm excited for it. Um, the men seems a mystery to me in how it will play out, but I do think there is a high floor just because of who they have at head coach. Yeah. You know what I love about that answer is I asked you the question about the men's team and you worked the women's team in as you should. Oh yeah. It's it's a great answer. And it's amazing. They are amazing. They are amazing. And they should be talked about on par with the men's team. So yeah. And Mac, Mac is also uh, Mackenzie literally has a home field influencer code. How could I not uh, (laughs) be be talking about Mackenzie Holmes here? (laughs) She's great. I've got, uh, I have a shipment coming uh, actually from home field. And one of the items is the Mackenzie Holmes shirt. You know what, Jared? I was actually, I was in the warehouse the other day because um, we've just been overrun recently and I scanned your order in. I meant to text you. I was like, Oh, oh really? Jared ordered a McKenzie Holmes shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. That's awesome. So. Well, I was going to go. So grace and uh, the fever were in town and I was going to mm-hmm. go to the game. Uh, and so I was going to go to the game cause we were going to meet up beforehand. I didn't end up getting, getting to go. Um, but I ordered the shirt cause I wanted to have, I was going to wear a McKenzie yeah. Holmes shirt there to go see uh-huh. grace. So, but it didn't Man, happen. We but ha- I'll, I'll wear it next year when she's in town. We had uh, our inventory manager, Matt, he and three of his buddies 
went to a fever game recently and they were all wearing our gray shirt and Holly Rowe came up to them and like took a video and put it on her Twitter or whatever, uh, was interviewing them, which was fun. But yeah, no people, I mean, you know, people, I talked to the Pacers team shop because we're doing some like special in venue stuff with them for the all-star game this year. And they were saying, I was like, how's the grace stuff doing? They're like, you wouldn't believe it, man. Like you're way better, like on par with Aaliyah Boston stuff. Like it was just awesome. She's legitimately one of the most beloved basketball players, men or women that's ever played in Indiana. Oh yeah. It's just the, the amount of respect and love people have for her because of how she played and just who she is. Mm -hmm. It's, and now that she's going to go on and have a successful pro career in Indiana. Yeah. It's just perfect, man. It really, it's really cool. I'm so happy for her. Yeah, she's ha- she. I was really happy. She got a lot more playing time near the end of the year. They started as a fever. It was like obvious they were not going to make the playoffs. They started to play the rookies more, and she was like getting 15 minutes a game. It was, she was doing great. So yeah. Well, Connor, thanks, man. Great talking to you. Um, obviously, we'll be letting people know every week what you guys have uh, coming. You know, you're always releasing new stuff and pushing the envelope, and you know, so pay attention to what they're doing, and uh, we just appreciate you, man. Yeah, keep up the great Appreciate work. You guys too. Thank you guys. Yeah, we love it. All right, Connor, the great. Where's my applause button here? The great Connor Hitchcock, Homefield Apparel. Great having you here with us, man. All Thank right, you. Coach, how's Andy feeling about this Eagles Vikings game? Because I do not. He's know pretty. What the score is. He's pretty pretty happy. They're they're up happy? Uh, okay. thirteen right now <laughs> in the fourth quarter. Okay, well, very nice. Very nice. All righty. Um. Well, let's wrap things up here. That will do it for this week's episode of The Assembly Call. If you want to see us do the show live, you can join us at assemblycall.com on Thursday nights for the live broadcast of our Assembly Call radio recording. As always, we thank Bob Thompson for producing our music. We thank John Ringer of rigdesign.com for designing our logos, and we thank you for listening. We'll be back next week or whenever there's an emergency podcast uh, to keep talking IU basketball with you. Until then. Take it from me, Roman Lankford. Keep your elbows in and your eyes on the rim, and go Hoosiers. All right, I got to get out of here, folks. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming out. Here I come. This is done, Sony. Uh, thanks, right. guys. Good stuff. <laughs> Thank you. Fun. Thanks, man. That was awesome. Yeah. Appreciate it, guys. Awesome. Glad we could do it. Yeah, absolutely. We've got uh, – I'm trying to think what I used to We have a new IU Bomber jacket coming out, but I wasn't ready to say that yet. So, yeah, Well, we are still live, by the way. We're still, well, we're shoot. Still, yeah. <laughs> We've got <laughs> a new I. We've got a new IU bomber jacket coming out at some point. Everyone. <laughs> you see after dark. See, you got to stay here until the end to get the scoops to know to know That's what's right. happening. All the home field scoops. Well, you know, I, I back do... when you guys first launched, back when the bomber jacket first came out, I bought six of them um, because I wanted to do like some giveaways, and I still haven't done the giveaways. Or wait, was it the oh. no? I bought no, no. I bought. I didn't buy six of them, but I have a bunch of the. Uh, um, the joggers, I've got yeah. penance. I've got, I've been stockpiling them because nice. we're eventually going to do like an email campaign and use them as giveaways. Okay. So I might do that with the new jackets when they come out the too. New jacket, like to, yeah. I like to buy a few extra of those yes. to, to have them because they inevitably sell out. And so oh it's nice gosh. to have a few on hand for yeah. giveaways. It was the first time was really brutal. Like people having it in their cart and then not being able to check out, which like 
Sounds like, oh, fun, you're selling out. But people were not happy about that. No. And we ordered a lot. I mean, it's just we ordered a lot. But, and they you know, a there's a part of the exclusivity that's good and it gets people yeah. there at, you know, at 10 o'clock to click on it. But it sucks yep. to disappoint people. Yeah, we, we ride that line and yeah, people... Uh, People get a little nasty, but it's fine. No, yeah. any well, yeah, and you know, someone who hasn't done inventory management probably can't properly empathize with what you guys are going through trying to figure that out. So, it is the <laughs> hardest. Like, it is the hardest thing we've ever done. We just we underwent more inside information for everyone. Underwent a Netsuite <laughs> integration that took nine months, and it was just oh, was the most mind numbing process i wasn't even like hands-on i was that's the one i was like i'm out i'm <laughs> i can't this is not my specialty and you know we have plenty of really talented ops people who handled that but oh yeah oh, inventory management's terrible you think it's yeah. easy to just like we brought 100 in we sold nine of them so we have 91 left it's just not that's just not how it works <laughs> mm-hmm. at all uh, all right man well have a great night yeah. coach good to see you everybody yep. uh have fun Keep your, you know, stay patient with all the recruiting stuff. We'll get, uh, yes. we'll get answers soon enough. Um, yes. Everything still sounds pretty good, so there's no reason to worry about anything. Um, hopefully, we have some good news coming soon. But absolutely. All then, right, thanks, guys. We'll see you all next week. Yep. Yep. See you. See you, Connor. Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate, not one based on Carol. She's more focused on hitting a high note than the car in front of her. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.